Today's episode of Brody and the Beard is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting, all about making working from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. The offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream, the MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row, that's a rhythm. Triple double rust, man, I need you to acknowledge. He don't do this for the optics, man, he do this for the Rockets. Opponents want the smoke, they in his pockets. Don't you get him started, he a monster, he a lockness. And James Harden, that's the beer gang. Every time he dribble, his opponents feeling fear, man. It's Brody and the beard, don't be a victim. The legends in the flesh to the show, you are a witness. Seek and you shall find all the answers to your questions. Tune in, he gon' tell the truth, you like confessions. Gather round, come and hear the word, just like a Christian. I'm urging you to listen, it's the Kelly ecosystem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKill. With me, as always, is our man on the ground, the athletic beat writer for the Houston Rockets, Kelly Eco, the man with more nicknames than Shaq. But today we got a special. <laughs> you like that one, Kelly? See, I had to throw that one at you today. Uh, we got a special. Getting yeah, better every week. I gotta keep you on your toes here, man. I can't let you get relaxed here in this this time that we're sort of uh, in quarantine. I don't want you to chill. I'm I'm trying to push you here a bit. Uh, but we got a special episode today. We have Rico Rodriguez. You might know him as Manny Delgado from Modern Family. Uh, they just finished this unbelievable run. Uh, diehard Houston fan. So we're gonna dive right into it. Rico, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, man, we're excited to have you, man. When Kelly told me it was possible that we might be able to get you, I was like, get him, man. Let's go. Let's have some fun, man. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, I want to congratulate you for 11 great seasons at Modern Family. Fantastic show. What was it like during the finale? I know for 11 seasons, you guys had all kinds of emotions, you know, successes. What was it like for that final episode, you know, just as guys going from coworkers to, to family? You know, it, it was such a, it was such a weird feeling. I mean, I had never in my life been a part of a, of a, of a show that, you know, has gone for a long time, let alone 11 seasons. That, that's, that's a long time. You know, I started the show. I did, I filmed the pilot when I was nine and we started the series when I was 10. So I've been on this show since I was 10 years old. So really this is all a lot that all that I know. And they're like my second family. I know it's a whole cliche, you know, modern family. They're my family, but it's so true because I grew up with all the people that worked on our show come and gone. And and it's just, you know, the feeling was so weird. It, our finale was a two part finale. So we had two weeks of filming the finale and, you know, the first week of part one of the finale, it was it was like a normal week, you know, a normal week that we come in and out of work, come in, get ready to go, do our thing. But the last week that that felt like something different and filming, it was just like you knew it was coming. But for me, whenever I'm on set, I always try to be as you know professional as I can and make sure I get my work done first, you know, try to make the best last episode because this is what we're going to go out on. But also in the back of my mind the whole time, I'm like, man, you know, this is this is it. I got to I got to, you know, I got to, you know, soak all this up because it's going to be the last time we're going to do this together. And 
the few days before I worked like three days that week and, and we were just doing it. I would have a couple of scenes here and there. And, you know, usually after a take or a rehearsal, we go back to our trailers and kind of relax. But that last week we were always just all together and we were together and we would hang out and then we would go film. And then the last day, again, I was trying to keep a brave face the whole time. And the last scene of the episode that we all were in together was the last scene that we shot of the series. And usually that doesn't happen because obviously, you know, the actors and a lot of the crew, we're all going to be emotional because that's the last time we're going to be filming together. And usually they, uh, other shows, they try to do the last scenes first, get the sad stuff out of the way. So the things that you're going to film is going to be a little more happier. So we actually filmed the last scene of the episode as the last scene ever. And I was trying to keep it together. And then Ed O'Neill, who plays my stepfather on the show, he, he put his arm around me and then I heard the kind of the murmurs that they were going to be done. And then they came in. I knew that was it. And it just, I went from being so cool and composed to all of a sudden I was crying and it was, it was such a beautiful mess. It was, it was a surreal experience. I got, I got a question here and this is going to be a bit uh, rough here. Did you cry more after the Rockets lost game seven or at the end of this? (laughs) Man, why do you got to bring that up? <laughs> uh, you know, I was, um, man. That... <sighs> We're going to talk about it all. We're going to get it all, Rico. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, you know, honestly, it, it's two different feelings, but they both, I think I was just crying for both. I mean, you can't help but be emotional for both. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Rico, obviously... <laughs> Uh, anyone who's followed you on social media knows that you're a huge fan of the Houston area, Houston sports teams. But you br- you grew up in Bryan, Texas, which is really close to College Station. Coming up, how was the sports scene in that area? Like, is this something where everybody just flocked to Houston, or how was the sports scene coming up as as a young kid, in Bryan? You know, so I'm a I'm a diehard Texas A&M Aggie. Um, that you know, because we live in Bryan College Station, so obviously A&M plays in College Station and you know, growing up, I kind of, I kind of was a late bloomer coming into the sports game. I always knew I liked sports, but I never like watched fully or like paid too much close attention. But my whole family growing up, they were all huge sports fans. And Houston, since it's kind of the closest major city with the professional sports team, we all kind of gravitated towards there. Cause a lot of people in my town are either, it's always split when you're in Texas, it's always split. It's either Dallas or, or Houston. But for my family, we kind of gravitated towards Houston. So growing up, I always knew I liked the Rockets and the Astros and the Texans. I always knew I liked it, but I never really paid attention until one day the flip was, uh, the switch was flipped. And then all of a sudden I started really liking it, paying attention, and I just wanted to learn everything about it. So the sports scene is so cool because you have people who are Dallas fans and or, or San Antonio fans, and then you know, you have the Rockets fans and you're always kind of debating and, you know, taking jabs at each other. It's, it's so much fun, but Houston was, was definitely more appealing growing up. And now, I mean, obviously. Well, look, here's the thing, Rico. I used to work in San Antonio for the Spurs. So there is going to be a little bit of adversarial stuff between you and I here a bit. I mean, plus, plus I'm not even a huge, I'm not even a huge baseball fan, but listen, man, I'm from LA Dodger blue. Uh, do you have any, are you going to apologize since you are an Astro fan? I know this is a basketball podcast. We'll get to the hoops in a second, but can you apologize to me for what the Astros did? You know what, man? Honestly, I'm going to say 
the smart thing would be no comment because you know <laughs> they they did what they you know they did what they did and they 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 did their public statements and that's you know I'm always going to be a fan of them you know I'm always going to be ride with them so that that's all I got to say on that. All right, well then we'll we'll move on. I'll just take that as close to an apology as I'm gonna get from anybody from Houston for them <laughs> them cheating Astros. Uh, <laughs> hey, watch it now. Watch, watch, watch. Those are those are facts, Rico. There's not much we could do. Those are facts. Uh, <laughs> but let's get into the let's get into the more fun stuff, man. You you love all the Houston all the Houston sports teams. Obviously, that means you're a Rockets fan. What? What are some of the moments like with the Rockets that just kind of resonate with you since you've become a fan and gotten really invested into it? Well, it's really it's really easy to get invested and to really support when you have a person like James Harden to watch. He is such an entertaining basketball player, so good at what he does. And and me, as I've been watching, I kind of started uh, I started watching about 2013 Dwight Howard's first year. So that's when I really started paying attention. So James Harden had already been on the Rockets for a few years by then. And just watching him, I just, he's just such a good player. And, you know, every year watching, he just gets better and just adds new stuff to his bag. And it's just crazy to watch. And just those moments of watching, like, you know, like when his MVP year, watching that every game was like, man, I'm, I'm really watching something special that I've never seen before. And I've, I've been watching basketball for a few years. And this is just something I've never seen before. And it's just so cool that, you know, he's on my team and I get to support him and he's on my team and we get to have fun and he just does great things. Rigo, how was the first time actually getting to meet James in person? Man, I was, I was starstruck. You know, I, I, I'm around a lot of, you know, celebrities and actors and all that. So, you know, that's kind of like second nature, being able to be around them and to interact with them. But when it comes to people you're a big fan of and specifically athletes, it's kind of a, it's a weird feeling because I'm usually kind of like a talkative kind of person. And when I met James Harden, I was like, I couldn't say much. Like, what, what do I tell him? Like, I love that you play good basketball. Like, I mean, I'm sure everybody says that. (laughs) So it's like, you know, so it's like, so it's like when I met him, it, it was, he was so nice. He signed my Jersey. We took a picture and just, you know, I, I remember the one thing I told him is when he was walking, I'm like, hey, man, good game. He's like, hey, appreciate it. I'm like, yo, yeah, yeah he heard me. Like, yeah, that's my man right there. <laughs> Felt like you won the lotto right there. You're like, yeah, he got For me. For real. <laughs> so, like, in your years being a Rockets fan, like, what are, like, your top three memories, like, moments, like, as a fan where you're just like, oh, God, this is so great. Um, it, 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 for the Rockets, not the other teams, especially the cheating ones. Hey, watch it now, watch it. We're talking Rockets here, man. Hey, Mo, hey, Mo. <laughs> um, man, there's been so many because I usually I, I watch just about since I've been watching the Rockets. I watch just about every game of the Rockets and preseason. I, I, I watch it all summer league. So you know, there's a lot of games to uh, decipher, but I would say one of them would be the first year when I was watching. It was during that Portland uh, series, um, you know, when that thing happened that I don't want to talk about. But uh, before <laughs> that happened, uh, Troy, Troy Daniels hit that three. That was, like, amazing. And, you know, watching that game live, it's just like the anxiety was so high. And then, like, bam, he hits it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, this is amazing. Uh, this is uh, freaking awesome. And then, like, another one would be really that whole uh, season with uh, Chris Paul, his first year. That was just such a magical season. Um, 
being able to watch that game, there was always something special in every game that that's just made that whole team amazing. You know, you know, I, I, I was, I was able to watch, I was able to watch, uh, actually I was there for game seven live. I was there in the arena for that. So it was a tough pill to swallow, but, you know, being there watching, I just always felt that, man, this team is just so good. And just the pleasure of watching them was amazing. And I think, I mean, there's, like I said, there's so many, like there's Harden's game winner against Golden State last year. That was awesome. But one of the, one of the things that really sticks out of my mind was when we came back from down 3-1 against the Clippers. Right. Was that was amazing. And I remember it clearly during that game, you know, when we all kind of lost hope a little bit. Like, oh, we're going to, this is it. And I remember because I was at a premiere for an animated film that I did. It was being screened for the first time. And it was right next to Staples Center. And I just remember, like, you know, trying to pay attention to the game. But then I had to go do press and then we watched the movie. And so I knew by the time we got out, the game would have been kind of almost over about about the end of halftime. It would be coming back to the start of the third quarter. And I remember we were walking in and we saw on the big TV. I'm like, dang, man, we're down by a lot. Like, <laughs> and 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 then the whole drive home because you know how LA LA traffic LA traffic is pretty bad. So it took us about almost an hour, hour and a half to get home. So by the time throughout this whole trip going back, I'm I'm paying attention on the phone and I'm I'm trying to listen on the radio and I'm just li- trying to figure out. And then slowly but surely, all of a sudden, you know, all right, we're hitting threes and okay, it's not that big of a lead anymore. We're coming back, okay. This could be something, but the whole time I'm quiet. I haven't even told my family. I haven't even given them updates because I'm I'm just so nervous that if I say something, it's gonna it's gonna jinx them. <laughs> and so I'm just like, so I'm just like, man, I'm being quiet, and, and we're coming back, so I'm just gonna stay quiet. How about that? And and literally, by the time we got home, it it was the end of the game, and we won. I'm like, whoa, this was crazy, and I just remember like beaming with excitement because it's like this is pretty awesome and then every game from there on when we came back in the series I just remember like watching each game and I was like you know what we're here by some luck we're here and we're still in it so even if this is the last Rockets game I'm going to watch I'm going to root for them to the end to the last minute that you know I'm going to until the the clock says zero and I kept saying that after every game coming back in that series and then game seven I just felt like we didn't come all the way back to lose. That's all, that's all I kept saying. Right. Like, we didn't come all the way back from down 3-1 just to lose in game seven. We're going to win this. And sure enough, I mean, it, it was pretty awesome. You've been to, you know, a bunch of games in, in, in your time watching the Rockets, but talk about the first game you ever went to, like the experience, the, the things that kind of brought that game about. How, how did you feel? Were you nervous? Were you excited? The first game you ever went to. First game uh, was a while back. I went with my dad and, and, a, and a friend of mine, and I think my brother was with me as well. Uh, we went to the, watch them play the Boston Celtics. That was my first ever game, so it was a big game. You know, big time team coming in, and that's when I was. Uh, that's when I first met James Harden, and and then I took a picture with Dwight Howard, and I was like, "Whoa, this is so cool!" And I and I knew most of like the rules. You know, like like how the scoring and like what happens to fouls and all this and that. So I kind of understood, but I didn't quite understand as much as obviously that I do now. And just watching it, just um, it was my first ever like live basketball sports game. So being there and seeing everything happen and seeing how 
small the court actually is compared to this big arena. It, it was just so cool. And just watching it and having fun and, you know, being with my dad and my friend, it was like this special moment. Like, man, I'm, I'm never going to forget this. And luckily in the game we won. So I'm like, all right, you know, I have a good record so far being a Rockets fan and going to live games. We win. I like that. And it, it was just being able to see them and, and that just kind of helped jumpstart even more of me wanting to watch every game and, and pay attention and, and, and follow it as much. Well, what's your what's your record, Rico? Since you brought it up, what's the Rockets' record when you go to games? <laughs> like, what, sh- should we be trying to get you at every game, or should we start to get a little scared here? Well, definitely, definitely more wins and losses. Okay, I okay, think, okay, and, okay. and I think I think at Toyota Center specifically, um, I think I've only seen three losses, in it, but I've seen like eight wins. Okay. Okay. And, right. and just about every time we've been there, but like for for like the um, for the different playoff series that we went to, of those games that I went to, uh, most of them we won. So in the playoffs, it works. Although some didn't, like Game Seven, uh, <laughs> that, that didn't help. Uh, so that was a bummer. Here in Staples Center, because that's the closest. Uh, whenever they come play LA, that's usually where I get to see them, either here or back in in, uh, in Texas. Here in Staples Center, I'm about I'm about 500 with my record. I, I'm kind of it's kind of split down the middle. You know, I don't go to too many games just because they only come here only so often in the se- in the season. Right. And even when they do, I may be working or I may be doing something. So it's kind of hard sometimes to plan that out. Usually, when I'm back in Texas, I I don't have any work, so I can make the trip to Houston and spend time there and then come back home. So. Yeah, I think it's about like maybe like four wins, four losses, kind of like right down the middle. Okay, okay. Well, you got to work it into your contract, sort of like Jack Nicholson, how you get to go to whatever you want to go to games. (laughs) You guys guys got to stop shooting everything you're doing. I got to go to a game. (laughs) So that's that's, we, we need you to get to that level there to help the Rockets out. I got a question for you, though, about this year's team. Like, you talked about Chris Paul and, and, and that season being so magical his first year. How did you feel going into this season after they had traded Chris, brought in Russ, uh, you know, and then just sort of this whole season's been kind of uh, weird, I would say, right, Kelly? Like, that's probably a good way of putting it. Kind yeah, of dedicating himself to weird. small ball, trading Capella yeah. um, and everything. But how did you feel going into this season? And what is your opinion of the Rockets right now and where they're at as a team? Well, first off, I want to say that luckily the last game that the Rockets played before this whole quarantine, we won. So that helps this quarantine a lot more, knowing that we our last game we won. Because if we had lost that game, it would it would be hard to be in this quarantine for sure. I uh, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> just got that going on a loop, don't you, in the background. Just running it on a loop. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Oh, yeah, we, we win this game. Oh, yeah. I know what happens now. Um, you know, first off, first off, starting with Chris Paul, man, Chris Paul, ah, I loved watching him play. You know, I didn't really know, you know, obviously watching a lot of Clipper games when he, when he played for the Clippers in LA, that's usually all they played. So being able to watch him, I saw him, how he played. And I was like, man, this dude's good. And then coming to Houston, I'm like, wow, like this, this, this guy really knows what he's doing. And, and I think, you know, it, it was, it was hard, especially because, I, I, I'll be the first one to admit it. I wasn't the biggest fan of Russ. I think a lot of Houston sports Twitter could agree with me uh, that it, it was a shock. Um, but, <laughs> that's putting it, light, that's but, you putting know, it lightly. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's me because now he's a Brody. Now he's my dude. You know. Uh, but you know, with with everything, you know, there's no like hard feelings towards Chris and everything. I I want him to be. You know, he's an all star this year. He's succeeding in every way, and, and I'm happy for him. But bringing in Russ, it, it was it was shocking just because like, whoa, you know, this guy I've kind of you know hated on a few you know for a few years now. You know, the whole battle with MVP with Harden and all that. You know, I'm always Harden my dogs. So I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm sticking up for Harden first. And then, you know, he comes to Houston. I'm like, well, there's no going back. He, he's with us now. And all of a sudden, being able to just, you know, the anticipation of, of getting ready to see him play, I, I was so excited just because I already knew what I used to say and I knew, you know, what the stats and analytics and all that tell us. But it's like, you know, let's see what, what this guy can bring. Because I, I knew how he played just because he was with OKC. So I already knew that. But now he's playing for us. So how, you know, the two-point guard system with Chris worked. So how can we add it with, you know, Russell Westbrook? Like, okay, let's see how that's going to go. And just watching him play, it, it's like, it's crazy. Because I don't think there's really any other players in the league that can emulate what he does because he's in a league of his own when it comes to his style, his ferocity, just the way he plays. And, and it's exciting. It's so exciting. And I think he really brings a lot to the table. So at first I was real skeptical, but always with any trade, any move that the Rockets front office makes, specifically with, with Daryl Morey, I always say, hey, in Morey we trust because I know he's always going to do the best thing that he can for the team because it's, it's proven already. And so Russ being on the team, I'm like, all right, let's go. We're rolling with him now. I mean, let's do it. How has it been now for you seeing Russ in this new system and playing, you know, the most efficient brand of basketball in his career? Then? It's it's awesome because, again, like I, I knew how he played and, you know, things that would happen when he would play with OKC. But but now with that, he has this system where it's literally him driving to the hoop. And if he has a big man on him or whoever, it don't matter because he's going to get by you. And he has literally shooters all around the court. So it's literally like, you know, it's exciting and it's crazy because I think Houston has unleashed this kind of beast brook where, you know, obviously his MVP, he's a very dominant player when he wasn't playing with Houston. But now it's like it's scary because of how efficient he's playing and, you know, less threes, more driving to the hoop and dunks and layups. Like, I mean, it's unlocked, I think, the best version of him. And I think with Harden, you know, with Harden being his running mate again, because when they played, it was different parts of their career. So obviously Harden wasn't the player he was when he left OKC to now. So I think with them two together and, and Harden being able to obviously take off that burden of scoring, but also with, with Westbrook now taking the burden off of Harden, I think it works fantastic. And I think especially if, if the season gets to be resumed and we get to play in the playoffs, I think that, you know, we're going to be a problem because who – who are you going to decide to stop? Are you going to double James and leave Russ open? Or are you going to double Russ and leave James open? I mean, it's going to be, you know, choose your poison. Yeah, I want to touch on something you said about in more we trust. <laughs> um, what's the relationship like with, yeah. You know, how are you, how are you and Daryl? Man, I, I love Daryl. He's a really, really cool guy. Um, I, we had followed Rico, don't be trying to get free tickets, man. Don't be trying to butter up Daryl just to get free tickets. No, 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 no. Don't listen, 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 listen. Let's, let's just start first. Let's just start first. You'll get it. You'll get it. 
so so one so we had uh, followed each other on Twitter, and we kind of like started. You know, we, we he I would say, oh hey, good game, Daryl. You know, Mr. Mori, great job. You know, awesome stuff. Big fan of the Rockets, and we kind of you know followed each other on Twitter. And then one time we were at a game, and we met up, and he was like, hey, you know, we started talking, and and literally since then the Morris have become a really close family friend to us. So. You know, when I say in, in Maury we trust, it's because, like, literally, you know, I, I feel like whatever move, whether it's a good one or a bad one, in hindsight, you know, whatever happens, I always hope for the best because I always feel like, man, you know, it, it's hurting me because I know it's, it, it, it's you know, killing Daryl with this one move or, or this one loss. And he's so smart and and the way he can, you know, construct a team from, from nothing with no cap space to, I mean, this dude is so smart. So you know, with Daryl, I mean, he's such, he's such a great guy, not talking about basketball and real life. Every time he always comes down to LA, whenever the team comes to play in LA, we always meet up at a uh, Benihana that, cause that's our, that's our spot. Okay. So every time he's in town, if we have time, if we have time to uh, meet up, we always go to Benihana or we always go to Benihana in Houston, either before or after a game that we, that we meet up. And I mean, him and the whole Maury family, they're just really, uh, really great people. No, that's great. And it sounds like you already got your free tickets covered. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I ain't mad at you. Listen, <laughs> listen, I'm just playing around. I'm not even mad at you. We're, we're big fans of, uh, of, uh, Daryl here. Like we talk about him a lot, but that leads, since you guys do go to Benihana, what's your Benihana order? And what's, if you feel comfortable, what's, what's, uh, Daryl's Benihana order? Ooh, um, let's see. Um, uh, well, my Benihana order is uh spicy hibachi chicken with some fried chicken fried rice. No okay. vegetables in the fried Ooh, rice, man. That's that's the key right there. Okay. You don't like veggies? What's up with that? No, nah, yeah, I don't like a, onions, man. And, and man. it's little onion. You can't pick them out. You can't pick them out. But I just you know ask okay, them without okay, it. It okay, makes life okay. easier. Okay, go ahead. You know, I gotta give me a little side of corn too and some veggies. Uh, but I like the veggies on the grill. But it's not mixing with the rice, see? Okay. Hey, real talk, real talk. Real all right, talk. all right. Don't real talk, Kelly. Uh, now you're kissing up, Darryl too. We don't ordered, need this. <laughs> uh, Daryl Gordon, you know, I don't – kind of get something new every time. It's like, you know, it's like scallops and like chicken. I mean, kind of, you know, he yeah, just gets that in. Or like sushi, you always get some sushi. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I do want to talk a little bit, you know – there was an episode of Modern Family where you guys got to film something with Kobe Bryant. What was that like in your experience kind of getting to be up close with Kobe and, and, and that whole thing? Uh, it, it was it was so cool because it was in our first season. And I'm like, man, we got Kobe Bryant on the show. Like, wow, this show's going to be something like, man, we get some stars on here. And it was funny because I had I wasn't really that big of a sports fan. So obviously, like, when I think it was that year was his last time he won a championship. So that year I was kind of like, you know, an honorary Laker fan just because I was there. We filmed at Staples Center. We were got to be on, we got to step on the court right before everybody got in. We got to shoot around, you know, uh, we got to see, uh, rehearse, you know, them shoot around and we rehearsed in the stands without any people. And then so I, during the game, because we filmed during the whole game and it was only a specific part, a few scenes that we had in the actual arena during the game. So, you know, the few times we did it, uh, we it, it was a part of the kiss cam. So a, after every time out, there would be a kiss cam. And all the fans were like, whoa, what's happening? Like, it's like <laughs> the fifth time the kiss cams come up. But it's because we had to film each scene, and we could only do it after each uh, time out. So what was cool about it is that 
uh, what was cool about it is that um, before we got everything going, because obviously Kobe, I mean, Mama mentality, he's always locked into a game. So to be able to have him, you know, before the game come out and film with us was so cool. And he couldn't have been nicer. And right after that, we had met Lamar Odom and we met uh, Pau Gasol and Luke Walton. So that was really cool. But man, working with Kobe, it, it was so awesome. And I remember during um, the game, during the actual game, he had uh, pointed to us uh, in the stands because me and my co-star Aria were dancing. And so he was during a timeout, he had looked up in the stands and like pointed at us like, yeah, get it, like boogie down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what's up, Kobe? Appreciate it, my man. You know, it, it was so awesome. And then he, a couple of times he had visited the set after he filmed with us, like in the later season. So it it was, it was real cool. Well, well, that's, that's awesome. Speaking of, you know, Kobe and, and the basketball stuff, would you ever consider, you know, acting in a basketball movie or probably, you know, producing your own? Oh man, I would love to. I mean, you know, obviously I'm a, you know, a huge sports aficionado, so I, I love it all. And, you know, if I could ever get in, you know, even in a movie, where it's not maybe sports related is to get an athlete in there because, you know, athletes always on their off time, they always, you know, want to be actors and they go and they, you know, star in a couple of films and or guest stars on TV shows. But I mean, we, we did one episode in, in the show in modern family where uh, Manny and Luke were on a basketball team. And that's when I was really terrible at basketball. So I couldn't make anything <laughs> even in, in the script. It was like in the script, it, I think I was supposed to make it in the script, but I couldn't make it when we were filming. So I'm like, Oh, we'll just change it. They can't make it. No worries. <laughs> but so I definitely want to redeem myself uh, by making like a basketball, something related with basketball about, uh, you know, me actually uh, being a hooper and I can, cause now I can actually hoop and make stuff. <laughs> so Definitely, that would uh, that would be a dream of mine. Well, what's so? What's your game like now? Now that you're a hooper, now what you got? What's what, describe to me your game, or, or what rocket do you most resemble? Okay, so I, you know, I don't want to. Okay, look, I don't want to give away my game because I may be playing pickup with some people who may be listening to this. You know, so I don't want to give them, you know, my whole scouting yeah, that's report. True. Uh, listen, man. If you're a, listen, if you're a true pro, you'd be like Larry Bird. You tell them where you're going to shoot from, and then go make the shot yeah, right yeah, there. You're right. You're so, right. You're right. So you're gonna own it. You're gonna own uh, it. So I'd say, you know, I'm I'm a pretty good shooter. I will say that. Okay. So you know, I modeling, watching the Rockets, obviously threes and layups. So you got to work on your threes if you ever want to be a Rocket. So obviously, I always got to work on my threes. Uh, so. I would say I'm a good shooter. I kind of, you know, I'm, I usually come up in the clutch. I'm not going to lie. Usually in like some late time crunch time things, I need a bucket. I'm always the one to kind of, kind of go, go get you one. Like, Oh, hey, Rico, go get you a bucket. We need one. Like, All right. Don't worry. Crack my neck. Let's get it. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to gloat. I, I'm just stating facts here. Okay. Okay. okay clutch. Okay. okay clutch. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Let me, I got another question for you. So, been scrolling through doing my research on your on your Twitter account. You're a pretty positive like Twitter fan in terms of the Rockets, like everything. You know, you follow the team accounts. You're always positive, things like that. Do you have a burner where you just go off from time to time where you're like really <laughs> pissed off? Is there a burner? That, you know, is there a, a a a Rico Rodriguez burner somewhere where it's just you going like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> is it well? I mean, look, I'm not saying me and Katie share one, but all I'm saying is, <laughs> no, 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 respect Katie, no, respect Katie. Um, no, you know, here's my thing. Obviously, being able to kind of see the behind the scenes stuff and, and knowing some people within the organization, I never want to, I never want to keep 
spewing negativity because obviously the players don't feel well. I mean, if you lose game seven in the Western Conference Finals, they're not going to feel well, whether or not they miss 27 threes or not, you know? So obviously I'm hurt, the fans are hurt, and, and the players are hurt, so why am I going to keep adding salt to the wound? You know, let's be positive. Like, hey, you know, we didn't get it this time. There's always next year. There's always going to be a next year. We can always get better. And because my thing is that, you know, I know how they feel and I know how I feel because Twitter, social media is a, a really can be a negative place sometimes, whether or not you're an athlete, if you're an entertainer, a TikTok star, whatever, you know, social media, it's tricky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys get all the love. No, um, no Kelly no gets all the yeah, Ke- Kelly no gets all the love. I don't get any Motors of it. Good. No love. <laughs> it, it's because he it's because he does some breaking news. That that's what it is. <laughs> he yeah. breaks he breaks some signings. But you know, I always try to keep everything in my life with everything. I always try to keep everything positive, no matter what it is, whether it's sports, my job, or anything. I always I always try to keep my head above water, and I always you know see the glass half full. That's always my mentality. So whether it's when I'm watching sports or entertainment or TV movies or whatever, that's always my mindset. Do you see this team, you know, possibly getting to the finals in the next three, four years? I, I, I pray to God that we do, man. I, I really, there's nothing more that I want than that. Really. You know, this team every year, there's always something special. And it always seems like sometimes we always run into something extra special. And that's always kind of seems to be recently the trend, you know, our team could have beaten any team any year. It's just we, we ran into a really, really good Golden State team. Nothing on Golden State, you know, ugh, Golden State. But anyway, you know, I, I just think that I think that in the next few years, I, I think that's the goal. I mean, we've gotten so close each time. We've gotten one game away. So really it's, you know, not finals or bust, but it, it's kind of how it is. And I think with the team, with how, you know, with small ball, and all that, I think we're playing to our strengths every game. And obviously, you're going to have bad shooting nights or whatever. But if you just play up to your competition each time and always come in with that mindset, like, okay, let's play our style because our style is hard to beat because it is. So I, I do see this team doing something special, if it, specifically this season or next season. If this season, because, you know, we've had such a, a, you know, we've talked about a weird year where we've gone on losing streaks, we've gone on winning streaks, we've looked unbeatable, and then we've looked beatable. So it's like, I think if you can get that together enough in time before the playoffs, that team can really do something special. And I feel it because usually watching every Rockets game, I'm not usually like this, but like watching the Rockets game, I'm like, oh yeah, we can, we're going to win. I'm usually never like that. I'm always like, oh, I hope we can win. I hope we can do this. I hope we can be play good. But every time watching, you know, the last couple of years for the Rockets, I'm always like, we're going to win. I feel we can beat any team. And I still feel that with this year and the coming years because of how we're set up. So I definitely would hope and I would pray that we make it there because I know that if we made it, like I said, when, you know, with the Clippers against the Rockets in, in that seven game series, I don't think we're going to go to the finals to lose. You know, not work this hard in the West just to lose. So I, I feel I feel we're confident in them. That's a good way to put it. One question from our producer Sasha, and unfortunately, she's we kind of sprung it on her to ask her any questions, but it's a really good one. Is there anybody on the Rockets like you're a big fan of that you wish was on the team? And listen, like don't go like LeBron or Giannis or something massively obvious that would put you guys over the top but is there a player you you like you enjoy watching you're like man if we could just get him in the in the red and gold we're going to be rolling red and gold 
Is that not the colors, <laughs> Kelly? Is it, did I did I mix mix this up? <laughs> I'm not the colors. I'm not the colors. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I wonder why Rockets fans hate you. <laughs> Damn. No. Man, podcasters do get some hate, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got this from my own podcast partner, Rico. This is my guy. I podcast with every week. Oh, man. That's my bro. That's my bro. I go to war for Moto. Oh, man. Uh, man, that's tough. I mean, I mean, any any 3 and D shooter, come on over. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You know, that's tough. I mean, I can't really, I can't really pinpoint someone because – like Robert Covington was someone that I wanted. That was, that was someone that I thought fit the scheme the best. So I wanted him. So I think, I think him, him this year for sure. I mean, every year I'm like, oh man, if we can just put a package together of like a second round pick, we can get Anthony Davis. I feel it. We can do it. You know? Uh, so, so obviously, obviously like someone like, you know, like another superstar would be great, but Someone like, you know, like I said, like Robert Covington was someone that I, I, I wanted a lot this year and, and we got him. So I feel like, OK, you know, I think we got who we wanted. Yeah. Rico, are you on the trade machine a lot? I feel like you're yeah. the kind of guy that'd be on like in between in between scenes on the ESPN trade I, machine I a, trying to figure out how to get I have guys. a proposal. Yeah, for him, man. I got a proposal for him. I think what we should do the next time you and Daryl go to Benihana, just tell Daryl to use you in, in the free agency pitch to, to players. You know what I'm saying? Just have you in the room, you know, with whoever they're trying to meet with and then seal the deal. Yo, man, I, I'm down. I'm so down for that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, for real, though, throughout the whole season, obviously up until the trade deadline, because then after that, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I, because I, I have a friend of mine, one of my best friends, and me and him, we literally talk basketball every day, all day. That's all we talk about. And we literally are always, I have like three other friends that I, I'm always sending trade ideas to, but I always try to be realistic. I, I obviously I'm not like gonna, you know, give away top players or whatever, but like, I'm also realistic, but okay, well, obviously that team's not going to want that player. So if you don't win maybe a first round pick, maybe it could sweeten the deal. And I'm always like, all right, let's see how we can do with cap. Like how are we doing with cap situation? And I'm always that because whenever I learn something, I want to learn everything about it so like with the cap situation and trade assets and all this not i'm always on the trade machine and it's so much fun <laughs> rico i want to see some of your uh yeah your, 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 your trades your 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 <laughs> trades one of these you don't have to tell us anything now or anything like that but just just send it over to us on twitter one day just like i just want to see when you get bored one of these days and just start just start going. I want to see like a five team trade and <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny it's funny because like when rumors come about I'm like, okay. Like one of them, I remember um, we, right before we got Russ, it, it, it was the day we got Russ. And I remember watching like Miami, Houston, and another team were, uh, in Oklahoma were talking about like a three-team trade for something. I'm like, hmm, let's see what I can do with this. <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's see. Like, let, let, let's go with the rumors here. Or also, I mean, a great, a great way to see if a trade works or not is through 2K. Obviously, go through the trade machine on 2K. And even if the trade doesn't work, well, you're going to force it to work. And then you're going to see how the season plays out. <laughs> fair, fair enough. You're using the simulation of simulation of 2K to find out if your trades are working. Uh, I want to I, I kind of want to wrap it up here. I just got one more question for you. Look, it's been 11 years working on Modern Family. You've done a couple of, you know, animations and things like that. What's what's coming up next for you, man? 
I mean, obviously after this whole uh, quarantine thing. Well, I, I feel like, you know, it's on, it's on to new, new adventures. I mean, I was blessed enough to be on this show for 11 amazing years and I would, I, I would do anything to do it again. And I wouldn't, I, I never took any day for granted. So now coming into this, it's like back on that grind, you know, I'm, I'm a free agent. I'm ready to go see what my new team is going to be. And I think, you know, the next, the next thing for me is my sister and I, we, we had created about a year and a half ago, we, we started our own production company. So during this time of the last couple of seasons, and obviously during this quarantine, now we have a lot of time we've been writing and we want to, you know, kind of create our own content with our own, you know, me and her produce it, direct it, star in it, write it, that kind of, that type of deal, kind of be a jack of all trades type of person. And I think that's definitely the next goal because there's a lot of, obviously a lot of great places you can make content and you, that you can put it out all the streaming services. So I feel like that's definitely the next goal. And then whatever comes in between there, you know, me auditioning or another project with there, and then we'll, we'll go with that. But really I'm just, you know, starting to get in my bag again and let's see what we can do. There we go. There we go. Kelly, you got anything else? Um, no, he's been great. It's been great. Man. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Listen, I, I, got, I, I, got, I got one. Though. I got one. Though. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh-oh, uh-oh. It better be good. It better be good, <laughs> Kelly. Um, Rico, are you aware of my of my uh my fashion sense? I don't know if you I don't know if you've been, you've been Yes, okay, man. Okay. Don't lie to him. Okay, thank don't you. lie to thank him, you, Rico. Rico. Put it on wax. Then turtleneck won't even look as smooth. I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm not gonna lie. My man. My man. Rico, this was such a good interview up until that point, man. You just ruined the whole thing. <laughs> Validated it. Hey man, look, they always look at the trendsetters weird, man. <laughs> So you yes. do, you keep yes, doing sir. you. Yes, sir. Ski. Yes, sir. Yeah, not everybody's a trendsetter, man. Not everybody's a trendsetter, Rico. hating right there. Oh, man. I can't believe the last question you asked was about yourself the and your fashion set. My goodness. Man. Yeah, because, man. You see what I got to put up with? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all we got, man. Thank you so much for coming on, man. That, this was a lot of fun. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. For Kelly Eco, for Sasha Shaw, for our special guest, Rico Rodriguez, and for me, Mo DeKeel, we out.